1: Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, basketball, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts.
0: And that of course is the voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. This is the power rankings podcast, AKA the power ranking show. And we are here to rank the teams and uh, kind of interesting developments. Uh, I didn't even realize that the Rams had signed Carson Wentz. So (laughs) get excited and also get excited about the uh, jets who did absolutely nothing to ensure their quarterback position. Uh, okay, cool. So thoughts about uh, Monday night game before we get into the rankings. And then, as I said, the Rams signing Carson Wentz. You're muted.
1: There was a Monday night football game this weekend. <laughs> yeah, there was. Oh, <laughs> I'm just out on football culture. Elliot.
0: Yeah. Game was ugly, man. The game was so ugly and fans were upset with Troy Aikman. Uh, saying what he had to say. Um, they're they're upset with anybody being a little bit critical of a bad quarterback. Uh, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I, I did understand, though. You know, actually, I thought that he wasn't all that hard on Zach Wilson.
1: No, he didn't make it personal, right? He didn't go no. overboard. He had some very fair criticisms. Like, hey, these are layup throws. You need to make them.
0: And also, but he kept saying it's the whole offense. He kept That's- saying the entire unit, the offensive line played terrible. At least from what I saw, uh, there were some drops uh, earlier in the game. I did not see the drops. I think you did. I did yeah. not because I picked the game up a little bit later. Um, I don't know. Were those in the first quarter? The drop- I mean, there was
1: drops, yeah, throughout the game. Garrett Wilson had a nice catch and then fumbled the ball. He dropped one down yeah. the sideline. You had a tight end, drop a ball in the end zone. That would have been an easy touchdown. That was late. Yeah, that, was that late. one was late. That one was- yeah. But it was just... There was no rhythm at all on this offense, and you can you can feel it when you're watching the Jets. It feels like everybody is so tense because they know every play is so important. Nobody's playing loose at all, and it's it's hard to watch.
0: Yeah, they had a sequence late in the game. I think they were down twenty to six. There was about five minutes left. They threw a ball on the sideline to Garrett Wilson. He started jawing with I think Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah, um, and the ref basically pushed. Garrett Wilson got in his face to stop him from getting a penalty on himself. They could have easily called taunting on Garrett Wilson. Then I think it was the very next play. They had probably their best offensive play. I saw the whole night. It was a little screen to Brees Hall that he took for about 30 yards, and it got called back because Garrett Wilson shoved,
1: I think, again, Asante Samuel in the back. Did you see that? I did. And I'm like – Oh, it was on. a bad game for Garrett Wilson all around between the drops, between the fumble, because the, he had a really nice reception that got a first down then he fumbled the ball away. Derwin James picked it up. Um, nothing yeah. is easy for this Jets offense right now.
0: Yeah. And I saw where Derwin James after the game goes up to Aaron Rodgers and says, when are you coming back? Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Okay. So you, you surprised me. I, I missed the Carson Wentz news and, and, uh, what an odd trajectory of a career. I was telling Marcus offline that, that um, you know, putting aside his Philadelphia days and that he was the probable fr- front runner for MVP in 2017 uh, when he got hurt, um, I just, his numbers with the Colts from 2021 are the ones that boggle my mind because they look so good on paper. And yet, if you watch the Colts in 2021, you didn't really believe in that team um. because of Carson Wentz.
1: No, I think Matt I, – I think uh, Sean McVay just wanted to add another Super Bowl winning quarterback to the roster to hopefully help them get through the next couple of weeks while Matt Stafford's out, right? Like try to get somebody in there that gives him a chance because Brett Ripon certainly doesn't. Yeah, who won MVP in 2017? Was it Brady? It was Ryan in 2016. Yeah, it was Brady. And Brady had a nice year, but it was definitely Carson Wentz's award to lose before he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. And
0: then of course – got, got hurt it was the Rams, wasn't it? it was Rams. In that game yeah. in the Coliseum, and then the, the, uh, cause they were still playing at the Coliseum at the time. And then Nick Foles came in and helped them win that game. Yeah. Uh, he it, played very briefly,
1: but it's just weird yeah. that we've gone, you know, the, the Rams took Jared Goff over Carson Wentz at number two, right? Mm-hmm. Carson bounced around. The Rams had to trade away an extra first round pick just to get rid of Jared Goff. Now Jared Goff is on one of the best teams in the league, and now it's Carson Wentz with the Rams trying to resurrect his career. And outside
0: of a uh, paltry game against the Ravens on the road, golf's had a very, very good year uh, this year for the lions. Just that really one bad, really bad hiccup. But that also was the entire lions offense in that game as well. Speaking of, we will be talking about the lions and where they sit and the Ravens they are both still pretty high in the power rankings. Let's get it started. Marcus built us a beautiful graphic. If you're uh, following along here, i believe, I've still got the Panthers at 32, the Cardinals at 31. The reason being here is the Cardinals with Kyler Murray could at least have some competent quarterback play. Uh, Carolina, you thought maybe they'd turn a little bit of a corner uh, when they beat Houston. But the bottom line is Bryce Young still not having a very good year, and this team has been blown out quite a bit over the last month, minus the game against Houston. Arizona got blown out at Cleveland. Uh, where they had a ridiculous situation at quarterback. They got rid of the guy that had been starting for them all year. I don't think they're as bad as they were against the Browns this weekend.
1: No, but I think they're banking on Kyler Murray, making them a little bit more competitive. It seems like he's going to start this week against Atlanta. We'll see. I'm curious to see how how much better they look on offense with not only Kyler, but it sounds like James Conner might be coming back as well.
0: And and to be honest with you, I could easily put the 30th ranked team here right there with them. The New York Giants are having, I never would have thought the Giants would have this bad a season. Uh, the Bears did, did make it somewhat interesting against the Saints, but they're still a the bad football team. And the New England Patriots are a bad football
1: team at 28. Do you like any of these three teams? No, I mean, I probably like the bears the best just because they've been competitive in a lot of these games and they're without their starting quarterback. They'll get Justin Fields. It sounds like back this week against Carolina, but um, what are the chances that you watch bears Panthers on Thursday night football this week? Oh
0: boy. Oh boy. You know what? I tell you what, if they brought back like Jimmy Clausen and Marcus Marino, Moses, Moses Marino was Moses Marino. Marino. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Not Marcus Marino. I think i was thinking of marcus Sopo.
1: yeah right, uh, great
0: yeah exactly oh man if you start going over the bears quarterbacks from the late 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 90s all the way to the cutler era oh my gosh Craig Krensel, down. oh yeah uh chad hutchinson the great oh, chad hutchinson the great jeff third. george for a hot minute oh yeah. boy uh i'm trying to i'm and there's if you go even deeper we can get to the peter tom willis uh But anyway, we're not going to do that. Uh, I got the Rams at 27. Uh, Marcus, obviously the issue at quarterback is huge for this team. They look like a really promising team about three weeks ago. They had some rough stuff in terms of the officials against the Steelers. You had Stafford injuring his thumb and then the Cowboys just ran away with that game when Stafford was off the field, um, they're not a very good team and they lost badly to a not very good team. Who's right ahead of them. I've got the Packers at 26 and then the Falcons who maybe the most inexplicable loss of the NFL weekend. That's not being talked about enough because of the good side of this win
1: uh, at 25. I, I'm not, I never advocate for people to lose their jobs, but it- I kind of don't understand why Arthur Smith is still the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Losing that game last week to Josh Dobbs and Jaron Hall is abominable. I mean, you, you bench Desmond Ritter after 10 starts, who I actually thought did some nice things this year. You don't play Bijan Robinson, who you drafted at number six. Overall, you play Tyler Algier, who continues to struggle. I mean, he's on every metric. He's one of the worst running backs in the league this year. I I don't get what the Falcons are doing at all. this is a a great opportunity for them to win the NFC South and they continue just to to mess it up.
0: Maybe they're tanking. Who knows? I actually, I thought Arthur Smith at the beginning of last year did a pretty good job. When I said that this isn't being talked about enough, the bad side of this loss versus the good side of this win. It's because so many people focused on Josh Dobbs, not even knowing the names of his teammates for yeah. the Vikings, that it was a really feel-good story that Minnesota won this game. But what people were missing is how embarrassing it was Terrible. that Atlanta lost it. So, uh, if that's what I meant, in case you got confused, uh, let's go to twenty-four to seventeen.
1: We're getting there. Hold on. We, I, no, I gotta... uh,
0: oh, technical difficulty. No, okay. I, I just got... I forgot where I had to push the button. Because <laughs> sweet graphic on the Tennessee Titans at twenty-four. Uh, the Titans just beat the Falcons uh, a week and a half ago, beat them pretty handily. So that was easy for me to do. But I don't think they're quite as good as the Broncos and the uh, who I have at 23. And then the Raiders had this huge win with a new coach. And maybe cleaning house is exactly what this team needed, a la Jacksonville, uh, when they cleaned house with Urban Meyer. Now, this was a much more extensive house cleaning with the Raiders than the Urban Meyer era with the Jags. That was about one person. This was about three or four people with with the Raiders, including benching the quarterback. I don't know for sure that they're better than the Broncos and Titans, but they just seem to have so much more momentum with yeah. all this. How would you put these three teams?
1: I, I think you're right the way they have it. Um, did you see the videos of all of the Raiders players smoking cigars in the locker room after beating the Giants? Every single one of them. And Josh no. Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was handing out game balls to everybody on the team. Uh how bad must the players hate Josh McDaniels if you're smoking cigars in the locker room after yeah. a regular season win? I mean,
0: I, you know, it's it's so hard because everybody's different. We all have our good and bad sides. Uh, obviously, you know, we do our best to balance it and, and, and be good most of the time, right? But there are some people that just seem so outwardly unlikable for everyone. And Josh McDaniels seems to exhibit that kind of response, not only from the players, But from the fans, I I don't, you know, I I just, maybe I'm missing something. I I don't know what
1: it is. Did you see the report from Jay Glazer on Sunday morning about Josh McDaniels and Antonio Pierce? No. So if you haven't, I'm going to fill you in a great story. So I'm repeating what Jay Glazer said. Essentially, last Wednesday, uh, before the Lions game, they had a a big team meeting, which became like an airing of the grievances where players were allowed to get up and talk. And it basically turned into everybody dumping on Josh McDaniels, right? So at the end of this meeting, Antonio Pierce stands up and says, hey, guys, let's we got to kind of start to play together. Look at the, the 07 Giants team where they started off really bad and we started to build some belief that we could play, you know, we could beat anybody. And then look what we did. We ended up beating the Patriots. And McDaniels stood up at the end of the meeting and pointed at Antonio Pierce and said, don't you ever talk about the Patriots like that again. And that was the final straw for Mark, Mark Davis. Like, Hey, I'm going to go with the guy that believes that we can win every game versus somebody 20 years ago, just kind of reminiscing about this Patriots team.
0: So Josh McDaniels said that in front of everybody. Yes. Yes. Oh boy. Well, when I said, if you're out there and you're saying like, Hey man, I don't have a bad side. Talk to your brother or sister. They'll point it out real quick. (laughs) You know, I've talked to Marcus's sister and then I know how Marcus feels about his sister's new interest in pro football. So (laughs)
1: Really, she, interesting asked, she asked me today. She texted me. She said, So I know there's linebackers, or uh, is there offensive linebackers? And I just shook my head. <laughs> you are terrible. Let, let
0: her be a Swifty, okay? We'll interested. get interested. Yes, let her be a Swifty. In case y'all don't know, Marcus's sister has no interest in football at, at all. Super cool. I, I like her better than Marcus, but, <laughs> but. She only watches football because Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. So we're not making fun of Marcus's sister for not knowing football. We're making fun of of the fact that she only watches football because of Taylor Swift. All right, Tampa Bay at 21, Washington at 20, and the Jets at 19. So these three are kind of on a tier for me. Tampa Bay might be the best team of these three, but here's the difference. The Jets and Washington have found a way to win some of these close, close games this Mm -hmm. year. The Washington's done it, I think. Partially by Sam Howell having some clutch plays. Also, they've made their kicks. The Jets, it's been their defense and special teams. If you remember the big punt return against Buffalo earlier this year uh, by the kid that made the team uh, on Hard Knocks. I can't remember his name now. It's driving me crazy. Gibson, right? Thank you. Uh, 21, though, the bucks The reason I have them below the Commanders and the Jets is because they're not winning these games, Marcus. They keep no. losing close games. They've got to find a way to win because if they could, they could still win the NFC South. <laughs>
1: Todd Bowles is just not doing a very good job with his defense right now. You are a defensive-minded head coach with all these Pro Bowl talented players on defense, and they just got shredded by C.J. Stroud. They need that defense to be a whole lot better if they want to have any chance in that division. Right, but if you, the Bucks still have three wins, okay? And and if you remember, they
0: beat the Saints straight up in New Orleans. They did. So New Orleans is still going to have to go to Tampa Bay and play. So they're still in it, but they've got to be able to pull out. Uh, these kinds of games. Okay, and that's why the Washington and the Jets are also in better position in the standings so far. Okay, uh, at at 18 and 17, I think these teams are certifiably better than all the rest on this group. I think they are cut above. It's the Colts at 18, who've been in every single game they played this year, and they've won some handily, and they've lost some, I think, very unfairly. And then you have the New Orleans Saints, who seem to be, I don't want to say surging, but they're at least playing better
1: football, and they could have beaten the Jags two weeks ago. I find the Colts just annoying because (laughs) some games they can look really good. Other games, they're not, I mean, not, not competitive, but they're just, you can tell they just don't have the talent. Uh, They play in Germany this week against the Patriots. If they can go, if they can go on the road and win that game, maybe I'll start believing that they could be an outside chance of being a playoff team in the AFC.
0: Look, they've been in pretty much every game they've played this year and they're doing it with Gardner Minshew and, You know, I I just feel like they really should have won that Cleveland game. and and, they should have. There's no doubt. They would be in the wild card hunt. Let's go to 16 through 9, though, and uh, take a look at this group of teams. These are the teams that would be, in theory, in the playoffs, although you'll see that I'm heavily loaded with AFC teams here on this uh, graphic, six of the eight, or AFC. Let's start at the top here. Cleveland Browns at 16, Pittsburgh at 15. Cleveland's got to prove to me they can go beat Pittsburgh. I wish they would do it in Pittsburgh. That that opportunity has already passed. Right. The Chargers at 14. I don't know who to say is the best of these three, but until Deshaun Watson puts a consistent catalog together, I can't put them ahead of the Chargers. Uh, But I think as soon as he does, that'll be easy. Pittsburgh is getting by on smoke and mirrors and rods and axles and, you know, uh, low jacks.
1: Voodoo. The Chargers
0: still are the best quarterback uh, of the three teams, but we can't end up saying that every week. What I liked about the Chargers at 14 here, more than Pittsburgh at 15, Cleveland at 16, is that the two edge rushers got going. They've been somewhat inconsistent this year,
1: particularly Mack, who has had uh, yeah. peaks and valleys. I will say with the Chargers, their defense is starting to play better. Against the Cowboys, they only gave up 20 points. Against the Bears, they gave up 13, and against the Jets, they only gave up six. Now, I know two of the three are bad offenses, but they're not letting these teams, you know, score 17, 18 points a game. If that defense can stay relatively healthy, we saw Bosa and Mack play well yesterday, maybe, just maybe, they can go on a little bit of a run.
0: Yeah, I know we have a lot of Cowboy fans that listen to this podcast. Dak Prescott played very, very well against the Chargers, and and that was kind of a game people pointed to, but it's not like the Cowboys put up 40 points on them.
1: No. Dak 21. played well
0: because he made, he made plays when the Cowboys really needed it, but that was a really close competitive game that I thought the Chargers played overall pretty well.
1: Yes, I would agree. Uh, let's go to your number 13 team, our Houston yeah. Texans. <laughs> yeah, who you were ready to give up
0: on last week. Uh, C.J. Stroud had video game numbers and but here's the thing we do draft podcasts uh every year obviously we we kind of get started in march or late february and it's really where marcus likes to brag and boast and those kinds of things but we bring on chad Ryder and and we talk about prospects but when i asked marcus to pick somebody that's maybe a middle round guy third to fifth round you know who who is his guy and he said tank dell of the houston cougars and i don't know if you guys saw the highlights, but Tank Dell had himself a game,
1: yeah, and what was cool about Dell is the two biggest plays of the game he made It was a deep corner route to get them kind of in striking distance at the end of the game, and then he scored the t- the game winning touchdown on a slant route. He's becoming a really important part of this offense for for Houston what's his size? uh he's like five seven and a half a hundred and sixty six pounds Wow, wow, but he could, he's got good speed though
0: man he's, he's a little a quick... a light breeze could blow him over. Yeah, Uh, we've got Seattle at 12. Not a lot to talk about there. They were awful against Baltimore. They've had a pretty good season. That's why I have them here, but they're not going to be here for long if they keep playing poorly. They have not played that well over the last few weeks. I've, I've got the Minnesota Vikings at 11. We talked about Josh Dobbs, not even knowing the names of his teammates. I think one thing we should point out with the Vikings is that their defense has been much, much better. This was a defense Marcus, mm-hmm. that you said was awful at the beginning of the year, and I, I I couldn't disagree with you. Where I really want to go here is at 9 and 10. What do you make of Jacksonville and Buffalo? And if these two teams played in the playoffs right now, who would you take?
1: Oh, I would take Jacksonville. Buffalo is just not a very good team. Now, I actually think Josh Allen is playing pretty well this year. Uh, PFF has him as his number one-rated quarterback. ESPN's QBR has Josh Allen at number one. But their defense is horrendous right now. I mean, they're just not getting any stops. They have no running game to speak of. The offensive line is falling apart. I, I as of right now, I don't anticipate the Bills making the playoffs. I don't.
0: Well, you know what quarterback of this group of teams played the best this year?
1: CG Stroud? No,
0: Kirk Cousins. Oh no well,
1: yeah, I mean, I thought you were talking about like, OK, yeah, Curry. you're right. Cousins is the best of these group of these guys.
0: Yeah, eight, but he's played the best. Yeah, yes. It's not just on past performance. Let's go to eight through one our top eight teams. We'll start here kind of at the bottom of it. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals at eight Detroit Lions at seven. I could easily move the Bengals higher. The Bengals have been playing really good football. They were in total command uh, against Buffalo, despite the fact that Josh Allen has played pretty well. I don't think there was anything fluky about the Bills-Bengals Sunday night game. I still think the Lions are a good team. I know they had the major hiccup against the Ravens. Any issue here?
1: No, I think one of the things that I like the best about this Bengals team is they're not Joe Burrow reliant Like, the defense has been outstanding. What they did to the 49ers a couple weeks ago, they held them to, was it, 13 points, Mm -hmm. created multiple turnovers. They held Josh Allen to 18 points, and eight of those came late in the game. I think this defense has been outstanding. They dominated Geno Smith a couple of weeks ago. This defense is championship worthy.
0: All right. Now we've got a four pack of teams because I think it's really interesting how you could order these. So I'm going to give you the four teams. We'll talk about them. Uh, the Cowboys at six, the 49ers at five, Baltimore at four, and the Dolphins at three. Just from my perspective, Marcus. I'm still not elevating the Cowboys over the 49ers. I'm not going to do it. I think the Cowboys played well against Philadelphia. I really do. There were some bad calls in that game. I don't think that would have given Dallas the win. There were every kind of bounce of the ball really went Philly's way. But if you didn't like it last year when the Cowboys beat Gardner Minshew in Philadelphia at uh, AT&T, every bounce mm-hmm. of the ball went Dallas's way in that game. A lot of times these things even out. So that's why I have Dallas behind San Fran. Obviously the big blowout when San Fran head over Dallas plays a role. But Baltimore – I have to give it to them. You know how I feel about this team, but they played such good football, but I'm just not ready to put them over Miami yet because I think as Miami settles in with their regular personnel, getting a chance to play and having that kind of first start behind them. I, I think they're a better team.
1: I just don't know if I trust Miami in some of these big games against teams that have really good defensive lines. Mike McDaniel is fantastic. He's really good at scheming things up, but there's only so much you can can do when you're outmanned on the offensive line. Um, I worry about them. I also worry about your number two team, the Kansas City Chiefs. I know they beat Miami on Sunday. They scored 14 points in this game against a defense that's just been giving up a ton of points. I I think there's a pretty big gap between your number one team and everybody else here. Okay, I'm going to get to the Chiefs in a second.
0: Any reason to put Dallas, uh, obviously the 49ers in place. No, so they shouldn't be. Count- they shouldn't
1: be above 49ers. No.
0: Yeah. Any reason to put Dallas above Baltimore or Miami at this point?
1: Certainly not above Baltimore. I think you could have a conversation about Miami because I think they kind of have some of the same flaws. Right? They both struggle against teams that have similar talent levels to them. They both blow out a lot of bad teams, but I mean, you're picking it's a little bit there.
0: Yeah. You know, Dallas played, like I said, really well against Philly. So did Miami and Miami was way more undermanned than Dallas was when they played Philly on Sunday night. Uh, Marcus is right though. These teams have kind of a maddening uh, trend towards being front runners a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now I think Dallas showed a lot of heart against Philadelphia I thought they played a good football. That was just a great game. Uh, so we're going to see. Again, I've got the Cowboys at 6, the Niners at 5. Not a lot to talk about with the Niners this week because they didn't play. Uh, Baltimore at 4, uh, who had the huge blowout win again a couple of weeks after beating Detroit uh, really badly. And then Miami at 3. All right, Kansas City at 2. The issue is still the offense. Uh, you, you You can't just wait for Patrick Mahomes to do everything. And when he's forcing and he's pressing, now we're starting to see mistakes that we typically associate with other quarterbacks. If we keep this on the positive side, though, besides Andy Reid and the track record of Patrick Mahomes, Marcus, what defense is playing better than the Chiefs defense? I, I would have never seen this uh, in the preseason thinking, oh, man, the Chiefs defense is going to be the best
1: in the league. They might be the best defense
0: in the league right now.
1: They're certainly playing close to it. I think the Ravens and the Bengals have really good uh, defenses as well. Uh, This defense is going to keep them competitive in the AFC because the offense just isn't there. And I've got real concerns that the offense just isn't going to get to that point where they can score 35 on any opponent. So I think they're going to have to win games where they lean on their defense. Mahomes makes six or seven great plays a game to get them out of the bad situations. But this is – it seems crazy. This is kind of a defensive-led team halfway through the year.
0: You bet. Let's talk about our number one team here for a minute. Obviously it's Philadelphia Eagles. They've got one loss. I think the, let's start with the positives. I still think the Eagles have a very, very good quarterback. He's playing banged up. They have managed to pull out close games. Their defense comes up with big plays when they need it. Um, And, and I think overall there is an attitude with this team that comes from the players themselves, whether it's Kelsey, the leadership on this team is very, very good. I know people are going to point out the calls that they benefited from, and they did. There's a DPI on Stefan Gilmore that was a big play. Uh, I think it was in the third quarter. There was uh, hands to the face that wasn't called. And then, the, you know, then there was Dak barely stepping out on the two point conversion. There was Shoemaker barely not getting that touchdown. Everything kind of went Philly's way. But the bottom line is, at least to me, Marcus, is even if Dallas, some of those calls that had gone their way, even if Dallas would have, say, scored on the two-point conversion, let's just say Dallas is winning by four uh, and Philly's got a minute left with the timeouts. Am I convinced Dallas is going to win? Not, no, not at no. all.
1: No. Here's my thing with Philly. I think they're fantastic. I think they're the number one team in the league. The one thing that I I see that could be an issue for them is their secondary and their linebackers. Like You can throw all over this team. Dak did it this week. Sam Howe has done it now twice. Kirk yeah. Cousins did it in week two. You bet. It's just which team in the NFC has a good offensive line and a good quarterback that can exploit them. You look at the the, the list of teams here. I don't think it's Detroit. I, I just don't think Detroit's the type of team that's going to beat Philadelphia. Maybe it's Dallas. I mean, Dallas was close. I don't think it's San Fran. And if it's not one of those three, it's not going to be anybody else. So, their biggest flaw, I don't know of any other team in the NFC can exploit it.
0: Yeah, where I will give San Fran credit is where Miami gave Philadelphia some fits. Up front, Philadelphia has a very good offensive line. San Fran can match up with them. Uh, You saw Miami made a lot of big plays. Shoot, Lane Johnson actually gave up a sack against Miami. (laughs) One issue, uh, Sudsy, big shout out to Sudsy, my uh, Eagles fan said, hey, he goes, we were getting no pressure on Dak at spots in that game. He, and I said, well, that's not totally true. He goes, other than steel, we weren't beating any of the other Cowboys linemen. That's true. There are a lot of plays where Dak had time to throw, and he was able to find CeeDee Lamb. He was able to find Ferguson. And, uh, you you know, that secondary will really get exposed if the Eagles pass rush can't get home. But that's my final thought. I'll give you the, uh, the
1: table, sir. The floor. Yeah, we're halfway through the year, and you can see things starting to – Round in shape, right? Like it took a took a little bit, but the Bengals are back to being a top eight team. It feels very much like in the NFC, we only have four contenders, right? It's it's the Eagles, the 49ers the Cowboys, the Lions, and then everybody else. The AFC is going to be wild because there's just not a lot of separation between the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Bills, the Jags, the Browns, the Steelers. Like. We're going to be in for a dogfight the, the second half of the year when it comes to the AFC playoff picture.
0: I tell you what, I don't care what team I am. I don't care if I'm the Eagles, whatever. There's one guy I definitely don't want to face if he's feeling it and he's playing hot, and that's Joe Burrow, truly. Joe yeah. Burrow turns it on. This Bengal team could, could could go as far as they need to go, and I think he showed that. Uh, two years ago, and and I think he showed some of that last year as well. But uh, that remains to be seen. If you want to hear more about the Cowboys Super Bowl chance, listen to Locked On Cowboys. Marcus hosts that with Landon McCool. He also does a Dynasty podcast that he's on two days a week, also on the Locked On Network. And he covers the new-look Raiders that he's all back in on. Uh, for USA Today, yeah. Raiders Wire. He also writes for the 33rd team. He is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. That's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We appreciate you guys. And we'll be back later this week with picks. Take care, everybody.